Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host... David Botcher. Terrific. And since it is the holiday season, I chose to cover an animal that fits in with the holidays. Mostly Thanksgiving. We're a little late on that, I know. Yeah. But uh, Christmas, too. Uh, this is an animal I never... I never knew would be so interesting. Uh, it's an epi- This is an episode you didn't know that you wanted. You, you, seriously. And uh, this animal has a lot of history to which we will go over. Uh, then we're going to learn about them in the wild and the domestic ones. Oh, and this animal, Dave, they uh-huh. taste great. <laughs> yeah. This episode is on turkeys. We are doing a turkey episode. I never knew I wanted to learn so much about turkeys. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good episode. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we probably should have covered them closer to Thanksgiving, but that's okay. It's still the holiday season. Yeah, it still counts. I still eat turkey. We still eat turkey. <laughs> uh, you're not. You don't have any more leftovers from Thanksgiving, do you? They'd no, be, they'd well, be a, they'd be a bit trouble, old by yeah. now. I mean, like I had them for like two weeks, and then I cleaned them out. So nice. that was that's fine. Uh, And I have to give my dad credit for recommending this episode. He suggested it. I kind of shrugged it off at first. Uh, Then I I watched this documentary that I'll talk about later (laughs) and found it to just be super interesting, especially the way that we get our turkey meat. Yeah? Uh, Like uh, how turkeys are um, farmed and how they're processed. Uh We're going to learn all about that today. Uh, Isn't that funny how it is? Like someone close to you always be like, oh, no, we should do something like this. That's lame. And then somebody else will say, hey, do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then like a hot chick will be like, you should do this. Like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But no, this was my dad who suggested it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that he did because it's got a lot of cool things to talk about, I think, with turkeys. Yeah. I never thought we would do a turkey. I thought about it like for ep- uh, Thanksgiving episode. Like, I shot it down for like two years previous. And no I, pun intended. No pun intended, yes. Well, actually, it wouldn't have been flying anyway. Yeah. No, they fly. Not like duck. Not like a duck, but like pheasant, which we will talk about, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, our 13th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. There, Those are some of our uh, favorite ones to yeah. do all the time. Uh, so go back if you haven't. Check it out if you haven't. We had quite a few bear attacks that one. Yeah. Quite a few bear deaths. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good episode, go, so go back and check it out. And Dave, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Hello, gentlemen. And David, I'm glad you decided to wrap all of the presents under the tree in cheetah wrapping. That way, I can blend in and camouflage myself and peek at all the presents. <laughs> oh, he's you better be not. Sneaking. Oh. I mean, I used to do that as a kid, so. Yeah. You know, I still might do it if I find just go to my that. parents. Dana just likes the cheetah print because of Professor Cheetor. I guess. Yeah, those two get along pretty well. (laughs) All right. Um, And as always, uh, we want to thank all of the listeners for tuning in to us. It really means a lot. We've been doing well. Dave, we have some of the best listeners. Yeah. We really do. I'm glad they have joined our cult-like following. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's, It's wonderful to hear. I mean, we have been off for about a month due to just circumstances, but... Uh, we got people hitting us up, like, where are you? And it just gives us motivation to keep going, right? Yeah. So we really appreciate it. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Tell us where you're from. Say something you like about the show. It doesn't really matter. But the uh, ratings and reviews really help our podcast gain more attention and gain more listeners. They mean more than you think. So please go ahead and do that for yeah. us. 
And we do have a bunch of shout-outs at the end of the oh, show. Oh, okay. So that's good. Uh, Dave, what do you say we get going? Let's do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a turkey is. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go into a little more about them later on, but I kind of want to start with the history. Okay. Uh, I'm a big history buff, Dave, so are you. So yeah. we like covering that aspect. And it's way more interesting than you would expect. So the wild turkey, or its Latin name, Melagris galopavo. No idea Whoa. if I'm right. Uh, they are a new world bird from North America and evolved more than 11 million years ago. Wow. So they've been around a long time. Maybe from the terror bird. <laughs> <laughs> or dinosaurs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Birds, they kind of have dinosaur characteristics. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, they belong to the bird family known as Phasianiidae. Uh, I didn't. I butchered it. <laughs> it's like P H A S I A N I D A E. So ah. there you go. Sound it out yourself. And they are distant cousins to other game birds, including pheasants, quail, grouse, and partridges. So oh, they're they're in that family. And turkeys played a role in early Native American cultures. They were revered in ancient Aztec and Mayan civilizations. The Aztecs honored wild turkeys with religious festivals twice a year. And we know how the Aztecs celebrate religious festivals. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> and believe, they were believed turkeys were a manifestation of Tezcatlipoca is a trickster god. Oh. Like, maybe like a Loki, but for them. Interesting. Uh, the feathers of turkeys were used to make necklaces, uh, necklaces headdresses, jewelry, and clothing. Um, the Mayans honored turkeys too. Yeah, their tail feathers were pretty are pretty cool. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty good. And even while turkeys were honored by ancient civilizations, they were also recognized as an important food source. Mm -hmm. uh, Navajos in the American Southwest penned wild turkeys, and would they would fatten them up, and to make them food for them. Uh, but uh, true true domestication of wild turkeys began in Mexico, actually. Oh. And in the eastern U.S., they were also used as food, but not domesticated. But they were highly hunted. Back okay. This is back in the day. Uh, and when European settlers first encountered turkeys, they caught their eye as similar to European game birds. And then in 1519... Turkeys were transported to Europe when they were highly prized for their unique flavor. This is when they went to Europe. Okay. And at first, they were only eaten by the elite. Only oh. the elite could eat the turkey. And they were then domesticated on a greater scale in Europe. Okay. So, uh, pilgrims, they actually brought domesticated European turkeys back to the New World on the Mayflower in 1620. Oh. And the birds were bred with native wild turkeys to increase food for settlers. Jeez, you just keep making me more hungry. I know. Turkeys we're gonna rolled, be... turkeys bred. Uh, wait, wait, till like, I, oh. wait till I get to the end. You're going to be real hungry. <laughs> uh, in the early days of the U.S., Benjamin Franklin, mm -hmm. a founding father here in America, a super famous American, he played a big part in inventing electricity, mm -hmm. right, with the kite yeah. and everything. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, he did. He did a ton. He did a ton of things. A really brilliant guy, and um, he really liked older women. I remember. 
reading about. <laughs> he loved some uh, some milfs, I guess you could say. Yeah, but he he really liked older women. Yeah, did you ever see that uh, um, the John Adams series on HBO? Mm-mm. Yeah, they portrayed him. He was the ambassador for the United States, and so he was over in France for like a year because he was the f- ambassador for France, and, and he's. <laughs> They're like, what is taking him so long? So they sent John Adams, and he's just over there living the life with all the <laughs> women and everything. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be getting us troops. And he's like, oh, they work slow. They work slow. Don't I worry. Will. I'm starting to gain their favor, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a real famous guy and a, kind of American hero type of, yeah. type of character. And he's on our $100 bill. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah he, was a, he was one of the founding fathers, even though he went, never... <sighs> He never played the political stage in terms of no. He was you know? he was too busy inventing and doing other things. Yeah. He, was, he was a cool guy, but Ben Franklin was part of a committee appointed to choose appropriate political symbols, among them an official national bird. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, we all know that the bald eagle is the national bird of America, right? Yeah. Which is pretty good choice. Yeah. But um, if it was up to Franklin, our national bird would be a turkey. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He expressed his preference for the turkey over the bald eagle in a letter that he wrote to his daughter in 1784. That's how we have knowledge of it. And now I'm going to read a little quick quote for it. Okay. For in truth, the turkey is in comparison a much more respectable bird and withal a true original native of America. Nice. You read that like <laughs> Sam Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> I was going for that. Nice. But yeah, Franklin, he, he wasn't too fond of the bald eagle for some reason. But uh, yeah, if it was up to him, the turkey would be our national bird. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, yeah then we wouldn't be able to have Thanksgiving with turkey. I don't know. Because we couldn't not. kill it. We'd all be eating bald eagle for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a little tougher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not as good either. No, I but doubt no, it. It, it's interesting, huh? Yeah, it is. But uh, the bald eagle is pretty good choice, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Pretty interesting though that Turkey was he, he was actually it was actually never really a serious contender to become the oh was it the okay. bird? It was just something that Franklin seemed to be pushing. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. All right, so Dave, let's talk about one of the things turkeys are most famous for, and that being. The centerpiece of Thanksgiving dinner. Okay? okay. And it is often assumed that today's Thanksgiving menu originated in an event commonly referred to as the first Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. Thanksgiving, yeah. First Thanksgiving. There is an in- indeed evidence of a meal shared between pilgrim settlers at Plymouth Colony in nowadays Massachusetts. And... Uh, Wampanoag people in late 1621. Mm. But there is no indication that turkeys were actually ever served on this first Thanksgiving. Uh, For meat, the Wampanoag brought deer while the pilgrims provided wild fowl. Fowl could have meant turkeys, which were native in the area, but historians believe it was probably ducks and geese. Okay. That they provided. What's more is this first Thanksgiving did not appear to have been a milestone worthy back then. Like it wasn't a big deal. No. Uh, no 1600s reference exists beyond a letter written by Plymouth colonist Edward Winslow. And for the pilgrims, giving thanks for the autumn harvest wasn't a new concept. 
So oh. it just wasn't a big deal. Like they shared meals with Indian with Native Americans all the time. Oh, okay. It just didn't seem like a big deal. So basically we don't know if turkeys were used on this first Thanksgiving. Okay. And we're not sure. But by the 1800s, turkey had become a popular dish to serve to celebrate the autumn harvest. There were a few reasons for the rise in turkey popularity for Thanksgiving. They were rather plentiful, right? Second, turkeys on a family farm were almost always available. So they domesticated them pretty easily. Um, Other farm animals, like cows, were mostly used for milk. Chickens were used for milk, and then chickens were used for eggs. But turkeys were only used for meat. Okay. So it made sense to use them for a large meal instead of killing off a a more useful animal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Third, a turkey is large enough to feed an entire family. Yeah. And it tastes good. And it's good for you. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everybody except for the dead turkey. But even by this time, turkeys weren't quite synonymous with Thanksgiving yet. Some people credit Charles Dickens a Christmas carol with bolstering the idea of turkey as a holiday meal. Oh. Uh, A Christmas carol was written back in 1843. I didn't know it was that long. I knew it was like the 1800s. I I just didn't think it was that long ago. It still holds up. Still, Yeah, it does. It's a good story. Um, But another writer, Sarah Josepha Hale, played an arguably more important role In her 1827 novel, Northwood, she devoted an entire chapter to a description of a New England Thanksgiving with a roasted turkey placed at the head of the table. Oh. So that's could be give credit there to how it started. Okay. And she also began campaigning to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday in the U.S. Hmm. What year was that? Uh, 1827 is when the novel came out, but she, years later, she was trying to get it to be a holiday. Okay. Um, she believed that would help unify the country as it was teetering towards civil war. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, her efforts finally paid off. Thanksgiving did become a national holiday. Dave, do you know when or who proclaimed it? No. Well, it was in 1863 and it was... Abraham Lincoln. Oh. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. And pretty much ever since then, on the last Thursday of every November, us Americans stuff our fat faces with turkey, stuffing, yams, mashed potatoes, and gravy, and cranberry, and what rolls, and what else? Yeah. Is there anything else I'm missing? Vegetables. Uh, who knows? Vegetables, Everything. come on. <laughs> vegetables, yeah. I like my vegetables. <laughs> Just like that's anything. The... Anything and everything, yeah. Yeah. It's on the table. <laughs> Whatever's on the table is good to go. But that's kind of the traditional American stuff that we have. Yeah. My favorite is stuffing. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I don't think you're right. I am getting hungry now. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a typical American Thanksgiving. Yeah. And my mom always makes way too much, and I always have leftovers. Yeah, she's like feeding the 501st every time. <laughs> she really is. She, what did, she, did she have one or did she do one or two turkeys? Oh, two, she, at least. <laughs> she yeah. does two for like 10 people. It's a, incredible. But uh, we get lots of leftovers. Lots of leftovers. Yeah. I think there is still a thing of turkey meat in my fridge is from there. there. Really? Everything else I ate, but you can only, you know, you just get, I would get tired of turkey sandwiches every oh. day. 
but uh, yes, uh, that's how it works. And uh, but turkey on Thanksgiving is an integral part of American culture, right? Yeah, and officially has been since 1863. And I do need to make mention that there is also a Thanksgiving for our neighbors up north, Canada. Now, I didn't do a deep dive or anything into it, but Canada has its Thanksgiving on the second Monday of October. Okay. Probably because it gets colder there first. You're actually exactly right. I mean, it seems like an odd day, but the reason it's in October makes sense due to the winter normally starting sooner than it does here. So you're you're exactly right. But I, I don't know why it's on a Monday. Oh, yeah. Football? Maybe the hockey game? The the hockey (laughs) game. Other than that, I don't know much about Canadian Thanksgiving, but uh, I mentioned it, so, you know, give me points for that. All right. Bing. (laughs) Uh, We here in America have a seemingly odd... Well, this is something totally different. We're moving to a new thing. But we here in America have a seemingly odd tradition with turkeys I want to talk about. Every year, two very special domestic turkeys get a pardon from the president of the United States. Preposterous. <laughs> they get a pardon not to be killed, basically, is what happens. <laughs> <clears throat> this tradition has been um, been around and has evolved over the years. It's kind of changed. But uh, one story says that the first pardoning happened with Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Interesting. Apparently his young son, Tad... Uh, was going to be served... Uh, okay, so sorry. His young son, Tad, developed a bond with a turkey. Okay. That was going to be served up for the the first official Thanksgiving. And Tad begged Lincoln not to kill the turkey. And Lincoln obliged, and the turkey was spared. Oh. So it's technically... We, I think this is a true story. We're not... I'm not 100% sure, but oh, okay. I'd like to think it is, so... Uh, but more modern times says that in the uh, 1900s, it was a big honor for a farmer to send their turkeys for the uh, White House Thanksgiving dinner. Like I could see you that, want yeah. your turkeys to be selected for yeah. it. And from what I gathered, some presidents pardoned the turkeys and some didn't for a while, huh. for a number of years. And I guess JFK pardoned them. Uh, it was it was hard to find specific details, but. Um, pardoning a turkey became a formality in eight or sorry in 1989 with George H.W. Bush. Oh, okay. Since then, it's been a time-honored tradition to pardon the turkeys. Okay. And how are these turkeys selected to be pardoned? Recently, it's been from online polls. Interesting. Uh, people select the most beautiful domestic turkeys, and they choose which ones are the winners wow maybe we should let our listeners know that this is in no way a representation of how our law our our law system of law works <laughs> that's not how we get get a pardon from, from prison <laughs> like who's the best looking one <laughs> so there is um there's only one winner that are so yeah people select the most beautiful turkeys the ones they like yeah. the best i think uh joe exotic was hoping to be selected this year <laughs> he, was. he legitimately who knows it could still happen yeah but uh so there is a, only one true winner that is selected but there's always a backup one in case the main one dies interesting so there's always two selected and they're I, they're always toms toms oh, are the okay. males and this year, the two turkeys, their name, Dave, you're going to, all of these turkeys' names are super punny, so you're going to love nice. them all. 
Um, the ones this year were Corn and Cobb. <laughs> okay. And then I remember reading the previous ones were Thanks and Giving. Oh, gee. Yeah. And then the other, then it was Stars and Stripes. Okay. They're all kind of punny that things that you would it like. It sounds like they should form wrestling teams and go at it, you know? <laughs> These are tag teams, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> but uh, Corn and Cobb were selected, and as a tradition, as tradition goes, the night before the ceremony, the turkeys spend the night inside the luxurious uh, Willard Hotel in D.C. Wow. <laughs> and these turkeys have um, spent the night in a fancier hotel than I ever have. Yeah. Well, that's pretty, it's like tradition that they get get the, the biggest suite. And it's it's such, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of like that. think you'd give it to the turkey that's going to be eaten for Thanksgiving instead, you know? <laughs> nope. Last rites or something. But uh, this year's pardon wasn't much fun to watch, but I did watch one with um, that was pretty entertaining. It was with George W. Bush. I can't remember what year specifically, but they're um, the turkeys. This is for Stars and Stripes. Oh, okay. And they tried they tried to take over the show. What did they do? <laughs> but Bush was uh, doing his speech, and after like every sentence, the turkeys were all gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> they were gobbling after like every sentence. They were making fun of him speaking. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you sound like. <laughs> but uh, it was that one was the funniest one that I was able to see. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. That is pretty good. Uh, and these pardon turkeys, though, uh, they live out the rest of their life in comfort. Some go to special wildlife parks. Some have even spent uh, been sent to Disneyland and Gee. do the parades on the, the main street. Oh, my goodness. So they're like celebrities after that. Wow. But only for a short while because their lifespan is not long. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't live long after being pardoned. Domestic turkeys have a really short lifespan, which oh. we will go over. But what a what a weird, silly tradition we have with turkeys in America, right? That, that is a weird one with the pardoning. Yeah. It, it is weird, but it's it, and it's silly. But I like it. Yeah, it's it's silly. So, it's just fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm totally okay. I'm totally cool with it. But that is our history of turkeys portion of the episode. Uh, way more interesting than you ex- would expect, yeah. right? And I hope everyone learned some interesting things to um, bring up next Thanksgiving. Or, you know, you can just do it as soon as you can. Yeah. <laughs> you got a year till then, you probably forget. <laughs> but now let's talk about wild turkeys, Dave. Okay. There are actually two different species of turkeys. The main one that everyone knows that we are all talking about is simply called the wild turkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that goes for domestic turkeys, too. They are wild domestic turkeys. Okay. Which is kind of an oxymoron, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Wild domestic turkeys. Yeah. But that's what they're called. And the second turkey species is called the uh, oscillated turkey. Huh. Which is only found in the Yucatan Peninsula down in Mexico, Belize, and Honduras. Huh. Um, do you know what oscillated means? No. Good. Because I'm going to tell you. Okay. Because uh, there are lots of animals that have oscillated in their name, and yeah. I've, I've known that, and I was like, I don't know what oscillated means, but it, it, it means an eye-like marking. Huh. They have, like, uh, these turkeys, they have these cool eye-like markings on their tail feathers, and lots of, lots of animals have oscillated in their name, and it, it just means they have some kind of an eye-like, that looks like an eyeball, some okay. kind of eyeball marking, and ocelli is, means something eye. 
okay. in some language. So that's where it comes from. Hmm. But oscillated is in lots of different animals' names. and So now you know that if it says oscillated, they just have some kind of an eye-looking like marking. Okay. Okay. And so these turkeys have a lot more coloring going on than wild turkeys. Uh, they look they, have, they look a lot kind of like pheasants. You know how, how yeah. beautiful pheasants are and all the colorings that go on. These are like the turkey version of a pheasant. Interesting. And they are they're slightly smaller, but they're very much like a turkey, the turkeys that we know, and they are actually near threatened. Oh. So they're a 6 on our scale. Okay. But uh, yeah, so just kind of to make mention of that, we're not going to mention again them again for the rest of the episode. But yeah, there is a two. That is a second species. Okay. Uh, let's talk about wild turkeys we all know about. Wild turkeys are found pretty much all over the U.S. and a lot of Mexico and even in Canada. There are actually six different subspecies of wild turkeys. We're gonna name them all. So here we go. We have the eastern wild turkey, which are all over the east and midwest. I feel like they probably have the most, the highest numbers. Okay. And all the sub, all these subspecies have a few things that differentiate them from each other, whether it be the size or coloring, but they're all a wild turkey. That's how subspecies work. Okay. So the eastern wild turkey is our first one. Like I said, I think they're the most plentiful. And then we have the Florida turkey which you can find all over Washington State. Well, that's interesting. And then, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, of course. They are, they are in Florida. Uh, <laughs> the wacky wonderland of Florida, <laughs> the butthole of America, whatever you want to call it. But the uh, the re- then our next one is the Rio Grande turkey, kind of in the Midwest, like Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. But they have, like, all these popular... In the West, especially, all of it's really spotty. Okay. So... Keep that in mind. Like in Utah, you could have the um, one one subspecies right there, and then next door, the it's the other subspecies, oh, and they're very spotty. So okay. just keep that in mind. And then uh, next, we have the Miriam's turkey uh, through the Rocky Mountains and surrounding prairie lands. Next, we have the Gould's turkey, mostly in Arizona, New Mexico, and northern Mexico, and the South uh, Mexican turkey. In South Mexico, obviously. Huh. So turkeys are, are all over North America. I take it they're kind of just like cows. To us, they'll look like a turkey. It would take us yeah. a certain master to say, oh, that's a, that's a oh, Miriam that's turkey right a, there. Yeah, that there's a Miriam turkey. <laughs> uh, okay, it looks like a turkey to me. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> we see it. It'd be like, hey, there's a turkey. We would, it would be, I'd be unlikely for an untrained eye to know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if we were in 4-H, you'd know, but I don't know. Um, But like with many bird species that may... The... Okay, geez. You sound like a turkey then. Actually, more than than I tried earlier. Um, Like with many bird species, the males are much larger and more colorful than females. Uh, The same kind of thing goes with like ducks, pheasants, and peacocks. You know, how the males Uh are... Uh, just better looking. I don't know how else to put it, but um, uh, but like then you have other animals, other birds like geese and swans, where they all look alike, and you can't tell which one's a male or a female. Yeah. So it just kind of varies. Um, an adult male turkey is called a tom. I don't know where that name came from or how it came to be, 
But then a juvenile male is called a Jake. Interesting. And while females, they are called Barbaras. How do they come up with these names? I made that up. They're not called oh, Barbara. I was, was going to say. Did Bush Tom Bart, and did Barbara. Bush Tom and Barbara and their son Jake. No. Uh, females are just called hens. Okay. So it's, it's less cool, I guess. But uh, <laughs> uh, males are very colorful and have feathered areas of red, purple, green, copper, bronze, and gold. And they have very pretty bodies, super duper ugly faces. But pretty bodies. And females have much duller colors, kind of more like shades of brown and gray, a little bit of gold and stuff, but a lot less. Uh, So actually turkeys, they have about five to 6,000 feathers on their bodies. Wow. Just if you were wondering how many they had. The face of a turkey is not an attractive thing, though. (laughs) (laughs) They are ugly. Uh, and from their neck to their head, they have this weird, like, fleshy thing going on. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. The only thing I can really compare it to and what it resembles is a scrotum. <laughs> uh, am I wrong? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seriously, they have scrotum heads. Um, they even have, like, little hairs on them. So, very scrotum-like. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's funny. Well, everyone's eating turkey here. In the United States, turkey's a big thing, but... I I bet there's that most of the population have never even seen a live turkey. I'm willing to bet that. Yeah, maybe. Because oddly enough, I I don't see them out here. I've seen them. Have you? Yeah, I, I bring it up later on. Oh, okay. But yeah, here in Bountiful, I've seen them. I saw them in in New Jersey. I saw them wild. Yeah, I mean, I think there, that's but... what I mean. I think they're more those the eastern ones are more prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Um. So the males have red throats and head. They have red wattles on their throat, and then they have this really odd fleshy part over their beak. It's called a snood. Have you heard that before? No. Snood. S-N-O-O-D. Isn't that a yeah, weird I word? I seeing those. I was like, oh, they have a, like a weird growth. You start thinking maybe there's something wrong with it. No, but... that's natural. <laughs> it's weird. And it, they can actually get to a couple inches long, and they hang over their beak. And the males with the best-looking snood, they're the ones who get the ladies. <laughs> Must be a those, mustache those, to them. <laughs> <laughs> mustache. Yeah, mustache back in, like, Tom Selleck days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not now. Mustaches are not... They're not, like, popular now. No, they're not. Maybe there's... Yeah, but, Beards they're, are. They're called Turkey Toms, you know? Mm. Tom Selleck. So. <laughs> turkey Tom Selleck. <laughs> Here for you. Just put a mustache on. <laughs> turkey body. Nice. Um... So kind, it's kind of a mating thing, indicating a healthy male. Okay. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go and look at like a picture. Just go Google a picture or whatever. It's a really odd animal part that is only found on turkeys. Yeah, people only forget to draw them when they're drawing a turkey. <laughs> when they're Probably drawing. a good reason for that. <laughs> you mean like when you put your hand down and you trace yeah, your hand? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? Uh, remember yeah. when you were a kid and you would trace your hand and the thumb would be the face yeah. and then the fingers would be the four feathers? Yeah. And you always forget the snood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they also have this weird beard thing on their neck too. It's it's super weird. And it looks like it looks like a Jedi braid. Is coming out of their like the red chest. Part? No, no, no. It's like right below the ch- the oh. red part. 
it's like a I I can't remember what it's called. Is that the beard? I can't remember. Huh. But it's this weird like Jedi looking braid. It looks like it like oh, a Jedi braid coming out of their chest. Huh. It's very bizarre. I I can't remember what that was for, but very weird. Huh. Very odd thing to have. And then the feet of a turkey, they resemble a dinosaur. Yeah. Like a lot of these do. And they have a very long uh not a very long, but they have a sharp spur on the back of each foot. And chickens have these too, and so do pheasants and other upland games bird. But yeah. uh, um, so just like they turkeys have larger chick, chicken feet, chicken feet but larger is what you yeah. can say. So the average weight uh, for a tom in the wild is right around eleven to twenty five pounds, give or take. That's average. They can oh, okay. get bigger, but uh, for a hen, it's like six to twelve pounds. Huh. And they definitely, yeah, they can definitely get bitter. And the record size for a wild tom was 37 pounds. Wow. So, big bird. Yeah. That would, I think like a 37-pound turkey at Thanksgiving might be able to feed a large Mormon family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, if you're lucky. <laughs> uh, your mom would still want two of them. <laughs> but we can make fun of Mormons because we are in Utah and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and there are larger birds in North America, but turkeys are certainly the largest upland game bird. And despite their size, they are pretty good flyers. These wild turkeys. Yes, turkeys can fly, in case you didn't know. They have short wings, but they are pretty agile and pretty quick, too. They can get going. Oh, I think it's like yeah, 30 quick. miles an hour. We've that, When I saw them in Jersey, um, we were driving down a road, and we just see them. Like what the heck? But yeah, and they'll just do, do, do. they run along, and they make and they funny run noises as they run too. It's, like, it's not the gobble gobble, but it's a weird noise. Like, mm. And it's like moves because their head, their heads move kind of like a pigeon, you know. Okay. But as they so, but they're yeah, they go so fast, so their feet are going. So they need they, their head. <laughs> It was crazy. It's really, it's funny looking. It's they're, good to they see are, They're weird. Yeah. But they can fly really fast and they run real fast too. Yeah. And they're pretty agile. And, uh, but when they are, when they're, they're not distance flyers by any means. They fly close to the ground and for no more than like a quarter mile or 400 meters at a time. Oh, okay. So, I'm surprised um, they even go that far. They're yeah. Pretty heavy. That's like a max distance. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting thing I bet many people don't know. So turkeys have good eyesight, but not at night, kind of like humans. And then, so at night, at nighttime, most turkeys will fly up into trees and roost for the night. Oh, okay. This is kind of to avoid predators, since they would be easy pickings for like wolves or coyotes on the ground. Yeah. So trees are very important. Uh, important to turkeys in all the habitats that they live in. They kind of all want to have a tree to roost in. Okay. I, I, I feel like I've heard that before. So, uh, And turkeys are omnivores. Oh. I really didn't know that either. Uh, they forage and prefer eating acorns, nuts, seeds, berries, leaves, roots, and insects. But they will also eat small like uh, reptiles and okay. amphibians and small snakes. Hmm. But yeah. Kind of cool, huh? Yeah. Uh, Dave, I think it's time to cover your, probably your favorite part of all of our solo episodes. And that is, of course, animal mating habits. Let's do it. 
Unfortunately, I didn't find uh, anything on turkey penises for you, <laughs> so true. mating will have to do. Actually, the one small thing I found on turkey testicles is that <laughs> apparently they taste like shrimp. Whoa, interesting. Uh, yeah, in this documentary, they were having these. And they were big, too. I don't know oh, how yeah. they were so big. They might have got them mixed up with the chin thing. <laughs> <laughs> their, their chin, yeah, their chin kind of looks like it would be a nutsack, too. But, um, yeah, I guess the guy was, like, eating it and was like, tastes like shrimp. Interesting. So, yeah. I never thought There's that little bit bit of information for you if you want to know. Interesting. Yeah, no one's ever asked me at the table. Okay, who wants the testicles? The turkey test. I'd be like, all right. Too late. That'll be mine. (laughs) Um, So, uh, males are polygamous, uh, of course, mating with as many hens as they can. And they display for females uh, during mating season by puffing out their feathers, spreading out their tails, and dragging their wings. This is called strutting. Okay. Um, They also use gobbling, drumming, and spitting as signs of social dominance. Oh, interesting. And to, uh, of course, attract the ladies. You will find similar behaviors from men in about every bar or club everywhere on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Jersey Shore, yeah, especially. <laughs> well, they are in Jersey, so. Mm. Uh, males will oftentimes work together in team courtship. Oh, interesting. This reminded me a lot of lions a bit. When oh, we talked yeah. about lions, how males would kind of team up, they would band together to take over a pride and uh-huh. to get more females in their pride okay. and to help each other out by protecting the pride. Oh. I'm getting a similar rub off these, what turkeys do. Interesting. So they formed boy bands. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, and the tag team, like we were saying, uh-huh. tag, they're tag team and the lady turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, two males will work together and be each other's wingmen to get nice. as many ladies as they can. Nice pun there. Too. I know. I was a good pun. <laughs> Uh, so I hear I was going to bring this up. So it was a couple months ago. I was up on the mountain and me and my brother, we were golfing uh-huh. just at Bountiful Ridge, which uh-huh. is like a few miles from the studio. And it's, it's really cool because you see lots of wildlife. We saw several deer. And at one hole, we saw like a dozen or more turkeys. Really? Just in a group. I don't know what they're called. I forgot to look that up, what their group oh, is called. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know if it's a flock or group but I, but anyway there saw there was at least a dozen of them huh. and looking back i wish i kind of paid more attention and could picked out the toms and to see how oh, many okay. there were because if there were only two toms and you had 10 or more females wow that, that's a pretty good ratio <laughs> <laughs> and good for them but these turkeys they were right on the cart path and we had to like drive off to the side so oh. we weren't gonna hit them or anything like that i, I thought about it, like man what if i get close or if i like talk my brother into getting close. Will they attack? <laughs> they we didn't. No, they did not attack. There, turkeys, especially when they're habituated, they're pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean they might attack off. you, but very unlikely. Uh, but yeah, you can actually find a lot of wildlife on a golf course. Yeah, yeah, especially in Florida, I'll bet. Oh yeah, yeah, be the most <laughs> dangerous place. Yeah. Actually, okay, sorry. Little sidebar. I watched this video and they were building a or they were creating a golf course somewhere in like South Africa. Oh wow! And they have like signs like "Don't go near the." Ri-. It wasn't fully constructed yet, and you, uh-huh. it's like a must that you have to be 
off the course by dark because oh. like leopards have been um, known to sleep in the sand traps oh. and like you have like hippos and crocodiles in the water. Oh my god! Like literally the most dangerous golf course you could think of. Yeah, hey, uh, you better just take a mulligan on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take a double. Yeah, uh, take a double bogey on that one. But yeah, take a mulligan, redo it. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyways, when uh, mating is finished, females searched for nest sites. Nests are shallow dirt depressions, in, um, kind of engulfed in woody vegetation, and hens lay a clutch of 10 to 14 eggs annually. Wow. Um, they normally do like, it's like one per day. Is oh, interesting. Yeah. The eggs are incubated by the hen for about one month. Uh, once hatched, the babies leave the nest that same day. It's kind of like a lot like chickens. Okay. Like kind of once they're out of the egg, they're re- they're good. They're ready to go. Hmm. Um, babies are not called chicks. They're called poults. Interesting. Yeah. Go figure. Uh, but turkeys, also, they do have natural predators, mostly for their eggs and the nestlings. Uh, animals like raccoons, opossums, skunks, foxes, snakes, and others will kill eggs and young turkeys. Mm. And then you have like raptor birds, which will also kill turkeys like bald eagles, owls, and hawks. Um, other predators are known to kill adult turkeys. But unlikely, they it's not often they go for toms. They normally go for the hens. Mm. But you have like a domestic dogs, okay, coyotes, yeah. bobcats, cougars, lynx, alligators, and even black bears. Wow. Well, that have been known to kill turkeys. And when approached by predators, they usually run away rather than fly. That's their go-to. Okay. Though they will fly if they get pressed hard enough. Think of it just like pheasants. You've been pheasant hunting. Yeah. And when we're out hunting and uh, you, 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 either you or your dog get too close, they'll. Yeah. Sometimes it startles you, huh? Oh, yeah. It really does startle you. But <laughs> yeah, and that's when you shoot them. You're even looking for it. And that's when you shoot them. That's when it's easy to shoot them. But pheasants, um, they're so much better. And turkeys, I'll say as well, they're so much more likely to evade you on the ground than in the air. Like yeah. They could run and you just have no idea where they go. Yeah, I've had that happen a lot of times pheasant hunting before, so it would be it would be the same for turkeys. Okay, and while we're on the subject, let's talk about turkey hunting for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, first, the history, and then I'll tell you how turkeys are hunted. So, at the beginning of the 1900s, the range and numbers of wild turkeys plummeted, hmm. big time, due to overhunting and habitat loss, but oh. mostly overhunting. And by the late 1930s, it was believed that there were only about 30,000 wild turkeys in the United States. Wow. Doesn't that sound really low? Yeah, that's it, not enough for it Thanksgiving. Is, it is really low. You're exactly right. Um, then throughout the decades, many conservation programs existed to get more turkeys. Uh, they were caught. Some of the turkeys, that what they would do is they would catch and relocate them to a different territory that they could survive and over the years, that worked quite well, and they've kind of spread out of their um, native borders into new territories. Okay. And by uh, 1973, there were established to be around 1.3 million wild turkeys. Hmm. So that's that's really good conservation yeah. out there. 
And a hunter, a lot of times with these conservation, it's hunters that are the ones doing it because they want to be able to hunt them. So yeah. they're going to, they want to preserve and make more of them, obviously. Yeah. And at this time, uh, it became legal to hunt turkeys again. Okay. Uh, current estimates put the turkey population around 7 million okay. wild turkeys. It's not even close to the number of domestic turkeys, I'll tell you that. Oh, we would need a lot more, yeah. I'll tell I'll, I'll get into domestic turkeys a little bit later, but okay. about 7 million wild turkeys. So that is a that's good news for the turkeys actually. And you can now legally hunt turkeys in 49 states. Oh. The only one is yeah, you can't is Alaska. Interesting. So you there's actually they moved turkeys to Hawaii. So there's a population of turkeys in Hawaii. Okay. No predators there for them. No, there aren't. You're exactly right. There are no predators. But uh, So every state has their own hunting regulations, but you hunt them in the springtime during the mating season, and you you only hunt the toms. You're going after okay. the toms. They're the bigger ones. Oh, and something we haven't talked about yet are the sounds that turkeys make. We haven't got into that. Um, so let's, real quick, Dave, let's play a clip of kind of a, one of the sounds that they make. Okay. There, yeah. So they you, they sound like what you think they were the gobble gobble, right? Yeah. But there are many different vocalizations, but gobble gobble is the main one that everybody knows. Uh, they gobble to announce their presence to females and competing males. A gobble can be heard like over a mile away too. Wow. Now, a big part of turkey hunting is using calls to lure toms in, sometimes using sounds of hens or even sounds of other toms to lure them in. Huh. And I've seen, uh, I've seen hunters use decoys to bring in a tom, like, you know, they put a hen decoy out there. Oh, okay. And that turkey doesn't know the difference, and it's like, I want to bang that statue <laughs> of or that fake hen. And so he goes in for it, and that's when you shoot him. Okay. Uh, but yeah, a hunter just kind of wears camo and hangs out, waiting for a turkey to come in close enough. Okay. And I've never, I've never been turkey hunting before, so uh, I, I think it looks cool, and it's something I might want to get get into is turkey hunting. Yeah, I've never done it either. Um. Might just be going. So, but I've I've never been turkey hunting, so I'm kind of just going off what I've seen, and I'd like to. It looks like a lot of fun. But when shooting turkeys, the most common weapon used is a 12 gauge shotgun. But it's um, and you use like different chokes. Chokes the, the rounds, you mean? No, it's like the part on the tip, I think. Oh, the length. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Or perhaps a blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs> blunderbuss? Oh, that's the one with like the huge circle on there. Yeah, like the like a horn. Uh, yeah, it looks like what a do horn. You call, uh, oh shoot! Why can't I know I you're talking horn, about like a horn on the end of the barrel. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you you put the proper one on to keep so you can shoot it a little further and keep your pattern tighter. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, so yeah, shotguns are the most used ones. But it's not uh, it's not uncommon for hunters to use muzzle loaders. Oh, okay. Um, or bows. Oh, wow. That'd be tough. Yeah, that, that would be cool to shoot a bow and arrow on a turkey. I've seen it be done. I watched, I saw oh, yeah? videos. I saw this one video of a guy shoot a pheasant out of the air with a bow. Oh, wow. That's impressive, huh? Yeah. It was, it was very impressive. It took him several tries, but he, he, he did it. Gee. So it was pretty cool. Sent him to the Olympics. <laughs> 
Uh, and I think every state, the limit is one or two turkeys a season. So you get like a tag. Oh, okay. And hunters, like I said, they played a big part in the conservation of wild turkeys. So I'll give them some credit. I, I didn't write a ton on hunting, but uh, I really would like to go turkey hunting sometime. Yeah. That's something I would be interested in. So uh, anybody in the area know how to turkey hunt, feel free to invite Dave and I. Yeah. But um, on our con, I, here's another thing. So I didn't do a whole bit of it. But uh, on our conservation scale, wild turkeys are a seven, so they are of least concern. Okay. On our yeah. conservation scale, so that's good. So next, Dave, I want to talk about what surprisingly interested me probably the most about when researching um, turkeys, and I found this documentary that talked about the turkey industry as a whole oh, okay and how all that turkey meat is made huh really fascinating so you know turkey is everywhere and their meat is used for lots of different things in the united states turkey is the fifth most popular meat okay um and that might be worldwide too i can't i wasn't certain on that huh. do you know what the top four are dave mm, i would think chicken and beef yeah. Uh, pork. Pork. This the other one might surprise you a bit. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of what else we would Lamb. Eat oh, really? Yeah, yeah well, no, so I was It's above it's... Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised at the lamb, but lamb is bigger in other countries. It's I can like, see that, yeah. And turkey is the fifth, but um lamb is sent over from overseas. And um, it's a lot of immigrants eat the l more lamb than yeah. than uh, turkey, I guess. Okay. But it's like it's like really close, like okay. fourth and fifth place is like really close, I guess. I was gonna say, yeah, we don't eat a lot of, as much lamb. We don't. States. I mean, I love some love me a gyro, you know, Greek yeah. food. So yeah. I, I like lamb a lot too, but it's not it's not like super big in America. Yeah, I've had lamb. It has a it does have a different taste. I like it. It it kind of depends. Like if the fatty parts of it have a different kind of oil to me. Like it has a different taste. Mm. So I, it was. It's okay. It can be okay. But yeah, as lamb as the uh, uh, the sausage stuff. You know, like the euro yeah, meat, yeah. swarm of meat, that kind of stuff. That's really good. Yeah, it's really good. All right. So I found one stat from the meatinstitute.org, and for 2017. I want to. You want to know what the. You want to know how much meat was killed to feed our fat faces. Yeah, I don't <laughs> fat know American I do. faces. I guess I do. All I'm right. curious. I'm going to go. I'm going to start. So, obviously. So, chickens are number one cattle, pigs, lamb, and turkey. Well, the most popular. Okay. But uh -huh. I'll tell you how many are killed. Guess how many chickens are killed every um, in 2017? Well, so you can say about every year in America. Uh, Just, I want to guess. Okay. I uh, really want a proper guess. Three million. Three million. Yeah. Dave. Huh. Three million chickens oh, are killed a, a year. For a year in yes. the U.S. Okay, hold on a second, then. You wouldn't even be able to feed all of Utah no, for yeah, a week no. with Let's that. See. Three billion. More. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Five billion. Nine billion. Oh my goodness. Nine billion chickens are killed every year to feed wow. our fat faces. Wow. Right, and then cattle. Yeah. How many cattle do you think are killed a year? Cattle? Well, cattle you don't need they're bigger. because they're bigger. So, Maybe 
500 million maybe? No, it's not even that. It's uh 32 million. 32 okay, million. Well, I'm okay. just going to tell you the rest and so you don't have to okay. guess. Um and then pigs it's about 120 million. Mm. Lamb, like the lamb stat is weird, like we were talking about, because it says only two million, but oh. that's in America. A lot of it's sent from overseas. I think. Oh, okay. So turkeys, what we're really interested in? How many? I will make you guess this one. How about how many turkeys are killed a year? Oh boy! So I'm it's gonna, not going to be nine I'm billion. Guess, I'm going to guess close to a billion. Little, it's under what you would think. Is it's it? under half a billion. It's about under half a billion. Well, yeah. So it's I, I, okay. I'm just gonna, like, how about I just tell you the number? Okay. <laughs> so Turkey is uh, about the 240 million turkeys are killed a year. Oh wow. Okay. That's uh, a lot. And tells I, you. I would think more when you think every household has one for Thanksgiving. You know. Yeah, but and then you don't you know how many people are in too. it. Yeah. And then I'll tell you how fat these turkeys are. So. <laughs> and, and that's a lot, but it really kind of tells you the scope of the American meat industry, Yeah, which is a whole nother thing that I opened up in my brain now oh, yeah. after doing this. It's like, now I want to learn more about the meat industry. So maybe another time, but let's learn about turkeys in the meat industry. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the domestic turkeys and go through kind of the whole process of turkey processing. So the... <laughs> the process of getting turkeys onto your dinner plate starts at breeding farms. At these breeding farms, people have learned how to manipulate Mother Nature. So hens will lay enough eggs. They have they've they figured out how to use the lighting oh, get, okay. to get them into the mood and stuff like that. At these breeding farms, it is only hens that live there. And they are artificially inseminated. Okay. You do know what that means, right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have to explain that? No. <laughs> okay. Good. In the uh, wild turkeys, uh, in the wild turkeys breed in the spring, wild turkeys breed in the spring, and at breeding farms, it's year-round. Oh, okay. Oh, and I should mention that these domestic turkeys, they're all white as well. Oh, they're not like the colored ones. These are all white. Like just like domestic ducks. Okay. Um, breeders alter their natural nesting instinct in order for them to produce more eggs. They only lay like twelve eggs in the wild annually, right? Uh -huh. Like we said. Uh and here at these breeding farms you can get about four of eggs a week. Wow. So yeah. And uh they break the hens' want to incubate them, too. They do what? They break their want to incubate the eggs. Oh, interesting. They break them. Like, as in, like, uh, they force them not to, basically. Ah. And then then eventually they won't want to. Okay. Uh, that's how eggs get made. Okay. Uh, let's follow the egg and continue the process. Okay. So once you're an egg, um, <laughs> all the eggs are sent to a turkey hatchery. Uh, here, they are put in incubation for about four weeks, and they are kept at 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and, you know, they spend their... That's how they develop. Then, they are removed and checked by workers to weed out the ones that didn't make it. Over 80% oh. survive incubation. Oh, okay. But 20% don't. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, after incubation, it's time for them to hatch. 
And keep in mind, this is on a, we're, we're talking on a huge scale right now, okay? This isn't a small local farm that does uh, a couple hundred turkeys. We're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of turkeys. And so, uh, uh, thousands of these pults, which are the babies, are oh. hatched a day wow. at these facilities. Um, this begins the life of a domestic turkey. The goal from here is to keep the uh, the poults healthy and plump. They are fed and kept under watch as they are as uh, for the next like uh, thirty five days. About okay. In that thirty five days, they will um, get up to about four pounds. Wow, which is pretty quick. And they are fed a large protein diet to fatten them up. Huh. But I don't, I mean, in the documentary, it didn't say if there was any weird stuff going on and what they were giving them. Oh, okay. Like it didn't say, I don't think there is, huh. at least in this place. But, and there are also heaters set up to keep them nice and warm. They're, they're pretty well taken care of. I mean, they want, they want them to be healthy. Yeah. So they're pretty well taken care of. And the heater is a substitute for the mother. Okay. And they kind of, all the chicks gather in the heater, under the heaters, you know. Uh, once that 35 days is up, they are then separated. So the toms go to one farm and the hens to another. Okay. And we're going to we're gonna follow the toms. Okay. At this next farm, they continue to be fed and looked after. The Like I said, the healthier the turkeys are, the more money the farmers make and the happier everybody is. So they keep the turkeys quite comfortable. Okay. And they they are fattened up like a lot. Yeah. A tom can get over 40 pounds in its first um, 12 to 15 weeks of life. Wow. And we were talking like the um, largest wild turkey caught, 37 pounds. Wow. And, that must, and the wild turkey can live over 10 years. So uh, that took 10 years for this one to do. Geez. It took 15 weeks for this one to get over that. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so... It's it's like an accelerated aging almost. Wow. It reminds me of um Star Wars with the clones. Okay. Remember how they were had accelerated aging yeah. so they could become soldiers quicker? This is like accelerated aging so they could be dinner earlier. <laughs> and since they get so heavy, these domestic turkeys cannot fly. Um this is all to and yeah, keep in mind, this is all to just feed our fat faces, yeah. making this happen. Um, 18 to 20 weeks after birth. So after this stage, you know, you fatten them up, get them, you know, 40 pound, get a 40 pound Tom. Um, so after this, they are then sent to a processing facility to be slaughtered, mm-hmm. to be slaughtered. Um, about 250,000 turkeys are processed at this one specific plant every day. Wow. I was blew my mind on that. That's Jeez. so many turkeys. Yeah. And this is into their, this is 20 weeks since they've been born. Now they're been fattened up and now they're getting killed 20 weeks into it. Wow. I was, that was so fast, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, soon after arrival, the turkeys are humanely slaughtered. And I'm not quite sure how they're slaughtered. The documentary didn't say that, especially on this uh, such a large scale. Uh-huh. I don't know how they systematically slaughter them. I know, like, if you do like a, if you want to kill a turkey, the best way to do it is like hang it upside down. 
And then you cut the throat and just let it bleed out. And that's that. And then you could throw it in boiling water to help um, get separate the feathers. Oh, okay. That, and this is like a large scale version of that. Okay. And I don't know. It didn't say how much, how they kill them exactly. I imagine it's probably the similar way. And this is the most fascinating part, in my opinion, in what they do next. And these are all on the, these are all toms too, like I said. Uh, hens are kept al- alive longer to, so they will lay the eggs. Yeah, 20 week lifespan for a, to- a wow. domestic tom. But they are killed and defeathered and cleaned and put on an, an assembly line to be systematically processed to market. And like every part of the turkey is used for something. It's, it's truly fast. It's truly cool to watch it. And they are destined to become a variety of products like deli meats, sausage, and turkey bacon. Uh, Then the organs are actually packaged and used to make gravy. Interesting. I did not know that. This is called a giblet pack. Oh. Cool, huh? Yeah. Like every part of the turkey is used for something. Like they make, they literally put all the organs and like the neck in one package. And the guy was like, ask old grandma, I mean, what she thinks this is. (laughs) Like... Apparently she would know. I don't know. Huh. Uh, and there is like a large assembly line full of people who like systematically cut the turkeys in certain areas and uh, then send it through large industrial machines. It, it's the operation is crazy. I wish huh. I could get more in depth in it, but I just don't know. And it's hard to just explain the whole process. Like I, you need to kind of watch it. Like I want everybody yeah, to watch sense. this documentary so they get what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, they are butchered and parts are separated. Like breast meat goes one way, wings the other way. Then many different uh, different cuts that are made and they go different directions, you know. It's quite the process and really cool. Huh. And a, a lot of the meats are blended to make ground turkey. Okay. And then for bacon... The white meat and dark meat are separated and they're turned into like this paste looking stuff. Interesting. Weird. It looks like paste. Uh, there's no other word to describe it. Huh. And then they um, they put this together to form the bacon that looks just like pork bacon. Huh. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, then everything is packed and packaged and sent out to stores and restaurants Okay. It was a really a cool process. I was really interested in it. Huh. Also, there is a reason you don't see turkey eggs being sold in stores. First off, they are a lot more expensive, like seven times more expensive than oh, a wow. chicken egg. And they don't lay an, as many of them. Right? Okay. They're larger. Yeah. And like a, um, a turkey egg looks a lot different. Like a chicken egg is bright white, right? Uh-huh. And then a turkey egg is kind of off brown color and spectacled. Okay. Um, but they are a lot more expensive, and one egg, one turkey egg, exceeds your daily cholesterol intake. Oh, wow. So they're super high in cholesterol. So that's partially why you don't see turkey eggs being eaten. Oh, okay. And I will say that absolutely every part of the turkey is used for something, even the byproduct, like intestines, legs, beaks, guts, you know, huh. feathers. They're all used for something. Huh. Um, the byproducts are used to make fertilizer okay. and fuel, like crude oil, like diesel fuel wow. that you can drive on. Um, you, they do this by using thermal conversion processing. 
Huh. I'm not going to go into the science of all that, but it's pretty cool, I think. And yeah, every, it's, it's cool because everything just goes to use. Yeah, that's that. good. Uh, and turkeys, as we know, are sold all over in grocery stores and restaurants. Turkey is a very healthy meat, too. And actually, it's the top. It's number one healthiest meat. Okay. It's just to let everybody know. So eat more turkey, I guess. I Like, if I go to, like, say, like a Subway, I'm not going to order a turkey. I'd pick roast beef over turkey do, yeah. what, what about you you know i have been going more to the poultry i do chicken and turkey a lot damn yeah it's just leaner and it is leaner uh, i the heavier meats i just don't like them sitting sitting in my stomach longer you know yeah so i stick with the chicken and the turkey to be honest yeah, well, so yeah i probably am a big culprit of uh turkey and chicken meat no, that's fine. <laughs> the nine billion and the <laughs> 250 million yeah, isn't that that's a, those are crazy that's numbers? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd go more roast beef and ham. <laughs> yeah, they taste I, I those tend, taste good, but yeah, yeah, they just they take they just take longer to digest. They sit in there too long. Turkey would my, would be my last choice of all of the main oh, yeah? the main ones that we talk about. Yeah, most huh. of the time. Huh. So interesting, huh? Yeah. Maybe I'll have to go to more turkey. More turkey diet. It's pretty good. So yeah, it is. But the other ones are better. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, turkey, it's a healthy option. Um, so, and a lot of people nowadays are turning more towards that poultry option, with chicken yeah. and turkey over pork and beef. So that's good. More pork and beef for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, feathers can be processed in to making insulation for homes. Oh, wow. Okay. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. So everything gets used, and that's a really good thing. Yeah. When you think about it, like every bit of that turkey gets used. Yeah. So it kind of helps justify the killing of 240 million turkeys a year. Interesting stuff, huh, Dave? Yeah. I found it very cool to learn about, and um, I'm not able to cover everything, but if you you want to learn more, I want you to watch that documentary. You can find it on YouTube, and I'll put up the link in the description. It's like a modern Marvels from the History Channel documentary. It was really it was it was fascinating to me, uh, but Dave, I think that is going to wrap up the episode. Oh, okay. Uh, I know I learned a ton of stuff, and I hope everyone else did too. Did you learn some yeah. things? So that's yeah. that's what matters. For our next episode, I haven't quite decided yet, but I I'm kind of leaning towards like a snow, like a winter animal. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it's. V- I'm, I'm. It's possible we'll do snow leopard. Ooh, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one, huh? Yeah. Oh, and um, just make it so, Matt. Snow leopards next week. Do it. Snow leopards do is it. next episode. Let's do it. Yeah. Is it official? Yes. Sold. <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> snow leopards next episode. Because <laughs> I was thinking that anyway. But then again, I change my mind like every twenty minutes. <laughs> so I, I I hit the gavel. So it's snow leopards next. All right. Unless I change my <laughs> but yes, when we will get that, at, we will get that out as soon as possible. And it's one of my favorite animals, so I'll be into it. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, Dave, we have some shout outs to give. Okay. First, we want to thank Madison Farmer. Madison Farmer. She had some. She just had some very nice things to say. A couple oh. of these are like old Facebook ones. Oh yeah. That I really like from September. That I just. 
it doesn't give me a notification when the oh, reviews come okay. in on Facebook, so I never really know. Oh. But I kind of looked back and was like, I don't think we've given these people shout-outs. Oh, okay. And I was like, they deserve it, so we got to give yeah. it to them. So thank you, Madison. And we also want to thank Gregory Shaposky. Gregory Shaposky. Shaposky. That's there not how go. it's spelt, but we're going to give him that. <laughs> but uh, he mentioned he hopes that he, the show, he he's saying that he wants the show to be like, have you ever heard of Hardcore History? Yes, we're... Dan Carlin, I believe. Yes, okay, yeah. He, he says that if our format could be a history or a hardcore history format, uh-huh. he says he wants like a six-hour show on Jim Corbett. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would be long. That would be long, and it's going to take me three months to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Wow, to, to, even be in the same sen- <laughs> to even be in the same sentence as hardcore history is uh, appreciated. Yeah. Right? That's a, have you listened to that show? I did, yeah. It's super yeah. long. Yeah. And I, but if you get in, once you get into it, you're into it. Yeah. All right, and then we also want to thank uh, Caleb Kanak. Caleb Kanak. He said that we, uh, by far, the his favorite history and animal show. Right on. I wonder how many of us there are, but yeah. we're number one in his heart. Sweet. And then we want to thank Otis Potus. Otis Potus. They said that they highly recommend us. Sweet. And then we want to thank Shady TDE. Shady TDE. Said we have great comedic chemistry and well-researched info. Also, grizzly bears are better than tigers. (laughs) (laughs) And last one, Dave, we want to thank Aaron Botcher. Aaron Bodger. <laughs> that is your dad. Yeah. He finally started listening to us after two <laughs> years. Uh, apparently he likes it, so that's good. And he yeah. bought a shirt. Yeah. Uh, he sent a message to us, said that um, he was driving and he was listening to the story with the bear spray, kind of our, in, yeah. our famous bear spray story. And he said he had to pull over because he was laughing too hard. <laughs> but Yes, I'm glad your dad is that finally on board after though. two years. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've told him before, and it's like someone else has to... It's the same thing that happened to you this morning with your dad's... Or not this morning, but your dad's telling you, do turkeys. Nah, someone else turkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah they'll do it. I told him when we started doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone else tells him, oh, I'll have to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we're I think Dana works. told him, and then that's when he started listening. He's like, oh yeah, well, he's like, oh, I like these. Yeah. <laughs> Weird how it works, but uh, yeah. uh, thank you for thank you everyone for your uh, good reviews. We super appreciate it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, a reminder: we still have T-shirts available, and if you want to order one, you can message us on Instagram or Facebook or email us. The T-shirts are twenty four dollars plus shipping and handling. I have ran out of a, like two sizes, so we, we're. I think at the begin, sometime in January, we're gonna fill up those sizes, so okay. we have a constant amount of a constant number. Okay. So yes, we'll get be getting them more in by January. Um, Dave, if any of our other cult-like fans want to help us, what can they do? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. really helps us, helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. If you want to become an even more awesome member of the show and help uh, gobble up those five-star ratings... I knew you were going to say gobble. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Nice. You can donate, become a producer of the show. Very good. Thank you, Dave. I knew you were going to say gobble, but that's good. 
Yes, you can go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo, my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And that info is all in the description below as well. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Or if you want to suggest an episode idea, or you just want to ask a question, say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us at any time. <laughs> yeah, also, you can help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're everywhere we need to be. And yeah, thank you everyone. We um we'll be put it will be a, I'll be trying to put out more episodes more frequently this this next year. And we'll be, we got a lot of, so many topics to cover. Oh, yeah. Dave, it's, it's never going to run out. No. Ever. Like, it's not going to run out. Yeah. Our topic is, like, the topic that will never run out, which is great. Yeah. For us. So, it's awesome. Um, Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right. How about you, Professor Cheetor? You've been seeming chipper today. Matthew and Dave, I just want to say what great gentlemen you are. And also, I want to thank the Force of Nature fans. You are all truly wonderful, and I hope that everyone has a holly jolly Christmas. And I actually mean that. Wow, that was that was very nice, Professor. Yeah, I'm glad you're showing some gratitude, that Thanksgiving spirit, I guess. You are quite inspirational, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Yeah. I, will actually, I shall see you on Christmas, I believe. I am going to probably get you a gift card because I have no other ideas, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Another gift for him, nice. Uh, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. We will see you next time. Bye.